Hello. Yeah, uh, g'day, Matt. It's DB here. Listen, mate, I've just been to the launch of the new Subaru in Preza. And their whole marketing and their push and the style of the car is really targeted at your sort of demographic, particularly. They are aiming at the young market, and obviously not your demographic, but the female market as well, uh, to enhance it, not to drop off the others, but to enhance in those particular areas. Then, then again, most car companies are. But I guess they're worried that they've got a bit of a conservative image. Do you think that's the case? Yeah, one thing I was thinking is you say uh, the female, not my demographic, but it is also the uh, the female demographic is on the border committee to approve any of my car purchases. So <laughs> appealing to that side is always important. But the funny thing was, is I, these cars actually were like the Impreza. I was thinking about have been around for such a long time and were a bit of the it car when I was in high school. So yep. a number of my friends end up having, you know, back, back in you know, sort of the late 90s, having an Impreza and young people I think identified with it even though they weren't getting the WRX but because it had that sporty kind of image with the with the Rex use uh, people would you know end up picking up the Impreza so I, I think they've you know from my personal experience they seem to have resonated really well with the younger demographics and by the look of this new the new car it seems to uh uh, seems to fit that mould. Yeah, they won the World Rally Championship in 95, 2001 and 2003. Before that had been the Evos from Mitsubishi, which of course was all part of that version of cars, the hot, really hot little turbocharged all-wheel drive vehicles. Love them. I reckon they were a great part of that. And as you say, if that was at high school then that probably was a very significant time to you when they had a pretty hot image. Although the the irony is that the WRX and then later the STI, WRX STI, which was the real hot version, appealed to people, but they were a bit expensive, so they tended to be sold to what some people described as the professional dentist in his 40s, someone who... You know, wanted to have a little bit of youth and performance and that as part of his image. And while there were a few people that sort of hotted them up particularly, it didn't necessarily sell greatly into that market. But you say you had some friends that bought lesser models just to be part of that image? Yeah, I think probably they just couldn't get their parents to sign off on the turbo, so they ended up with the, uh, the uh, just the standard model. But they were, yeah, they were good-looking cars back then, even though now that you look at the... I just did a quick Google search of the... They were a bit uh, basic, this new one. Now, again, is this your demographic? They say they want to reach people who are dominated by connectivity. I think that would describe you to a T, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of... Uh... I have a laugh at that uh, uh, when they still have a, a CD player in the damn thing. I went, when are they going to get rid of that? <laughs> Under 35 is what they describe as young, uh, certainly family-oriented, which uh, the other board of director you referred to is about to uh, have your first child. So really then, I guess that might well be putting into your demographic. Uh, they you know, love to socialise, travel and feel healthy and get good value for money. Are, are these the sorts of things you look for in a car? Yeah, definitely. But, you know, we're, we're not going to go and splurge, you know, eighty or hundred k plus on a, on a car. Just don't see the value in that. So, so the value is a, is a big thing, and you know, a, a good brand is probably you know, off the on the next on the list. And, and you know, Subaru has always sort of appeared to to me to have a have a a good mm. reputation for reliability. 
And, uh, you know, it's got to look good without being too aggressive. You know, we're not looking for the... I sometimes find, say, with the Hondas, they sometimes can be oh, okay. a, bit, a bit too aggressive looking. But, you know, find that nice balance between uh, not looking old and sort of, you know, a bit run-of-the-mill, but not looking too kind of futuristic. You don't want to look pretentious, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or trying to look like I'm, I'm, I'm 21 again or something. <laughs> To hear you say that uh, makes me feel particularly old, but that's another another issue as well. I, I talked about the Honda, the new Civic, which had, I thought, distinctive looks, which is an interesting word in itself. It uh, did try and stand out. Some of the early Hondas were a bit quirky to the point of being not... Um, I think that's what you're sensing, really, isn't it? That's what you're saying. That, yeah. Well, say uh, with the Civic, like, like the, you know, the difference. The sedan's probably not too bad, but then you look at the, the sort of hatch version, it's pretty... Pretty aggressive. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of, well, weird is too strong a word, but uh, then it is. Yeah, but somewhere. Yeah, that's that's probably getting closer to the Varan adjective. <laughs> now, we'll just uh, just finish on this. Inside, I found the interior of the new Impreza. Uh, again, we'll do a full road test, and I'll give you a drive uh, later when we get one for a week. But the issue there was, it was, I thought, elegant simplicity. It had just under the screen, which was 6.2 inches for the base model and 8 inches, so a good big screen available. There were six buttons with the clear word radio on it and the clear word maps on it and the clear word of uh, media on it. Now, and then the button for the volume and the frequency for the radio were in the right place and easy to get to. I, I might be a pedantic, but you know how many cars have we talked about where... You, to find out how to get the radio on, let alone set the frequency, pick the station, requires you almost to go to the manual. It goes back to that, that classic kind of you know, Seinfeld gag. You know, he used to talk about the move to cordless phones and then you don't get that nice hanging up on someone <laughs> moment. And now with these cars, you, when you want your song comes up, you just want to spin that dial, but you don't want to be sitting there trying to find for the... The thing to, to crank the volume. Yeah, and of course it does have Apple CarPlay and Google Android uh, sound system so that you can plug your phone in and get the icons that you're familiar with up on the screen. I like that idea. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm annoyed that I, I own a Subaru, but I, haven't, uh, I just missed out on that, that technology and it just bugs me. So I'll still refer to Google Maps rather than my internal GPS because Google Maps will give me the, the traffic updates and, and you know, give you recommendations based on real-time traffic, whereas your maps are stagnant. Yeah. So having that interface is going to be a, like a mandatory for me if I, you know, when I pick my next car. Yeah, let's just take a break for a bit, and then we'll talk about a particular Subaru that has also come out, the Lavorg, you know, had a bit of a road on, a bit of a ride on. I'll, I'll, uh, we'll talk about that just after this break. And so here we are back, Matthew, the Lavorg. Now, Subaru have done well with their Outback. Now, that's a big, well, big-ish station wagon, and that's quite well suited to some reasonable off-road, but it's not super rough sort of things. Then they had the Liberty Wagon, which is a more sedan style of car, but a wagon shape. That went out of production. So now they've gone back to a medium-sized station wagon, which is a bit more about good performance on the bitumen. The Lavorg has the WRX turbocharged engine uh well to start with though practicality is it a good station wagon it's a, it's a fantastic station wagon to be honest i'm just trying to get my head around 
the concept. I know you're a big fan of the idea of moving into a station wagon, and it, it makes sense for a lot of reasons. But I'm trying to get my head around being the idea of being a station wagon driver. I think there's a bit of a, <laughs> bit of a stigma that, that goes with that. I don't know. Well, they used to be used for picking up kids at school, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. It's sort of uh, I'm taking that new next step into uh, adulthood when I buy a station wagon. <laughs> well, the other thing was that they were often a style-free zone. Yeah, yeah, they move in a sort of a really square, boxy kind of shape. But to be honest, they've done really well here. And if there was any any wagon that I would buy, it would it would definitely be be this one. It's a great car. Okay, you uh, also found that the pram fitted in the boot. It's the first car I can think of. I think the oh, what's the the seven seater Hyundai, uh, not the Santa Fe, but the is it Tucson? Uh, yeah, I think the Tucson is the only other car I've, I've, I've put the pram in where it can fit. Sort of. Uh, uh, boot to to bonnet way as opposed to going across the car. Hmm. Now, all the other cars, certainly my XV, it, it takes up pretty much the entire boot, and uh, you know even the Santa Fe's and those sort of kind of mid-size SUVs. SUVs, you know, it, it, you end up having to go sideways with this, which is a pretty. It's a big pram to be honest, but it's a, it's a bugaboo, which is a very popular model out there, and there are a lot of these bigger ones around. But the Lavorg, you can put it straight in in that sort of uh, uh, boot to the bonnet way, so you have a whole bunch of space down the side, which uh, immediately was very appealing to us. It goes back to, and I can't argue with the image, but it does go back to the fact that an SUV isn't by definition necessarily one that's going to give you the space that you can use in the way that you want to. It's not just the available space as it's rated, it's how usable it is for what you want. 100%. And I, you know, I pulled up with my makes me next to an i30 and, and I, I don't think i think they're about the same size to yeah. be honest mine's just a little bit off the ground yeah. whereas you know this one you know, i did notice i park on street and i did notice with the lavorg that there was a couple of spots i had to give up on that i would have gotten into uh with my my xv but then the benefit you get is a heap more boot space well that's the balance you've really got to get isn't it in a city whether exactly. you have a big suv which sits up high and is nice when you're flowing along in traffic, but may not be to your advantage when you're parking on the street. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, to us, the, the height's not, not too bad, although, you know, obviously visibility and stuff like that does mean it's a bit, bit easier. But, like, you know, the length is, is where, obviously, we really, really get sprung. And I noticed that a little bit longer in the in Lavorg that was, you know, did sort of cut me down for the number of spaces. But in terms of, I, I think that we, we're... We've made the call to wait until we've had some time in the XV and seen how it's like. But I think the reality is we'd be moving to something like the LeVorg or a bigger SUV just because it's going to be so much stuff. Let's get down to it. The LeVorg had a WRX engine, two-litre turbocharged four-cylinder engine. Uh, The standard Impreza we talked about before the break has 115 kilowatts. This has 197. Did you enjoy the extra bits? A hundred percent. It's uh, something that really, you know, now I'm thinking about what, what my next car would be. I'm just uh, <laughs> having that sort of power is just, I think, going to be a must. It was uh, just great fun. Yeah. Yes, it's, it makes a difference. And, and certainly, while you rarely use it to its full extent, it's nice to have it there, even when you just pull out from the side street and want to make sure that the, you don't disrupt the traffic that's flowing along the road. The line I always use with Pierre is that we're once trying to re-enter 
a freeway mm. and we, we almost got someone running into the back of us because we couldn't take off fast enough. Now, that's, happened, that's once out of all the time we've been driving together, but I just keep bringing that back up as a reason that we should get into another uh, more powerful car. It needs 95 RON of uh, premium unleaded petrol, so it's a bit more expensive there. It does have 197 kilowatts and 350 newton metres. Gets a fair, the combined cycle is rated at 8.7 litres. That's quite high, really. And Subarus do tend to be thirsty, and in fact, you might expect to be a higher number in practical road conditions. Did you find, though, that although it had nice lot of power, it was easy to drive generally at a a sedate pace yeah definitely um and you know we, i like that about the four four drive as well because if you put a little bit of power down you know that you don't have to worry about that sort of torque steer or anything like that mm. it's a really it's a it's a comfortable car one of these was one about do you drive it using the paddles or do you keep it in just sort of the automatic mode I, I think it's one of those things that uh for the first two days yes but from there on afterwards, <laughs> you know, and not unless yeah. you go out on a very uh, twisty road, uh, do you bother using them? I, I, what about yourself? Did you use them much? I, I, I fall into the same habit of using the, the sort of uh, automatic all the time. Mm. But one of the things I miss is then just to, when you put your foot down, uh, when it hits that nice rev range and just holds, I still can't get used to that. And I kind of miss... You know, the set gear changes and hitting it to the, the higher revs, you know, that kind of real real feeling of power and then changing to, to the gears. It's a CVT gearbox, and when you use the paddles, you're almost artificial, well, you are artificially yeah. uh, controlling it. Get that back. It's not made to actually go in steps. It's made to go in gradual, well, infinitely variable sorts of uh, movement of it. So as you say, you put your foot down, the engine goes to a rev, and then the gearbox slowly moves up uh, along the way. So, yeah. so the paddles really are, as I say, almost a contrived part of it. Sometimes in that, I just miss the manual. And it does disappoint me that they don't make a manual yeah. in the Australian market. Yeah. Well, well, particularly when you've got something like a WRX engine. Yeah, exactly. Mm. You'd think, I guess, you know, they've done the mass and just, I guess not many people are buying them anymore. About 13%, I think, were buying manuals, which is uh, not mm. a lot to have to keep all that technology so that, or, well, you know, all those different things to do with the model so that uh, you yeah. can uh, have spare parts and so on. All right, the Subaru Lavorg. It's a station wagon, but it's got the power and a little bit of the image that might even appeal to the young people. Matthew, lovely to talk to you. Thanks for your time, mate. Thanks, Dave. See you. Bye.